We are continuing the series of steps to living a transformed life. You know, all over the world, thousands of people, including Christians, they rush to special, special meetings, they attend seminars and conferences, uh, just they are seeking for some kind of a spiritual experience. So they go from one place to another place, hoping that they'll be able to get that supernatural experience. Interestingly, Paul says in Colossians, uh, chapter two, verses eight to 10, watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that is not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him, that is Jesus Christ, so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you to his power extends over everything. This is message version of Colossians 2, 8 to 10. Paul says, in Jesus Christ, we have been made complete. God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, we already have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So the key to a transformed life is not in trying to get all we can from God, but in giving all that we are and all that we have to him. The key to a transformed life is not in trying to get all we can from God, but in giving all that we are and that all, all that we have to him. Paul says we can have joy and satisfaction only by surrendering back to the Lord what he has already given to us. That includes our bodies. So for today's meditation, let's listen to the scripture reading taken from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is God's word. You know, these two verses deal with the process of transformation. As I had mentioned earlier, while salvation is a gift of God, transformation is a choice and it requires hard work on our part. Paul says to live a transformed life, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul basically uses temple terminology here, and he represents Christians as priests because he's using the word sacrifice. And he says, Christians are those, you know, we say we are royal priesthood. So Christians are those, those royal priests who in responsive gratitude for God's mercy, offer their bodies as a living sacrifice. And this is considered as holy and pleasing to God. To lead a transformed life, we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our bodies not only en encompass our physical being, but it is also the evil longings of our mind, emotions, and will, they rest in our body. The body is still the center of sinful desire. Paul says in Corinthians 9, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. This is, these are the words from the great apostle Paul. How do we strike a blow to our bodies? Paul says by offering the members of our bodies as a living sacrifice. So today I just want to dwell on this one phrase, a living sacrifice. So what is a living sacrifice? How do we offer a living sacrifice? Why should we offer a living sacrifice? What is a living sacrifice? How do we offer a living sacrifice? And why should we offer a living sacrifice? So the first thing, what is a living sacrifice? Paul has said in Romans 12.1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. 
this is your true and proper worship. You know, as mentioned earlier, Paul is using temple terminology here. So we need to go back to the Old Testament to understand the significance of this phrase. The image he uses is that of a worshiper at the temple who comes in with an animal as an offering. That's the image Paul has in his mind. Now, some offerings in the Old Testament were sin offerings. What happened in a sin offering? The worshiper, he shed the blood of the animal and he asked for forgiveness. But when we go through the book of Hebrews, the entire book of Hebrews presents Jesus Christ as our sin offering. Therefore, the offering Paul points to is not a sin offering. That's not, at least we can rule out that. Now, the second kind of offering was burnt offering. You know, in a burnt offering, uh, it always involves a valuable animal from the flock. It had to be without defect. Such an animal was always expensive. So it showed that all you had was at God's disposal and you did not give God leftovers. The burnt offering was always burnt totally and it represented complete consecration and devotion to God. And Paul has that burnt offering in his mind when he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, what's the meaning of this phrase living sacrifice? To be a living sacrifice, uh, means to be fully at God's disposal. It means actively to be willing to obey God in anything he says in any area of life. You know, sometimes we wonder why God is not speaking to us, but we need to ask ourselves, am I ready to obey whatever God says? Now, that is living sacrifice. I'm ready, Lord, whatever you say and whatever it involves, I'm ready to obey you. So that is living sacrifice. And it is in an active mode. We say, God, I am at your disposal. Have your way in my life. And in a passive way, whatever God sends in our lives, we thank God. It is not that we thank God for the things, whatever he allows in our lives, but to thank God in the midst of everything that happens in our lives, he is with us. When I say to, you know, we should be willing to thank God for anything he sends in any area of life, you know, it's when when I have cancer, I don't thank God for cancer. I thank God, even in the midst of that cancer journey, he is with me. I thank him. 
And that is a living sacrifice. Come what may, our lives are in God's hand. And we know he is a good God and he will take care of us. Whatever happens, you know, it is for our good. And, and we know that in all things, all things, good and bad things, ugly things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's been my experience. And that has been the experience of every child of God that we can always thank. So what? God wants us to give him everything we do. Lord, my life is at your disposal. Oh Lord, we are not to give God the leftovers. We have to give the best that we can give to God. And that's what's meant by a living sacrifice. The word living may mean that the sacrifice must be a continual, continuous thing. It is not just on Sunday morning, but it has to be 24-7. So the word sacrifice means, definitely it's a temple terminology, to kill. So that makes it a living sacrifice. It means we must continually renew our position as wholly obedient and at God's disposal. Lord, I am always at your disposal. This life belongs to you and I will obey you in whatever you say, wherever you send. That is the attitude that we have when we give ourselves our bodies as a living sacrifice. We may find it difficult to accept this, but Paul is telling us to do only what our Lord Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. It is not a new teaching. Our Lord Jesus Christ said that whoever follows me, whoever wants to follow me must deny himself and take up his cross daily. And that's what Paul says here. Now in, in the gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 23 uh, to 25. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What? Good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Paul is expressing to us what is meant by taking up our cross daily and following our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, by mentioning living sacrifice, is saying God expects not a dead animal, not a dead body, but a living and continuing sacrifice. And here is the significance of it. When Paul uses the word living sacrifice, here is the significance. The offering must not be outward, external, but the focus should be inward, 
It is internal. It is the inner man. It is not to be part of a ceremony or ritual which they had in the Old Testament days. We are the people of the New Testament and it has to be totally inward, mental, spiritual. That's what we call as inner, inner man. Uh, it is important to understand this point. It's important. You know, when Christians don't understand this verse correctly, they will insist on something visible. You know, there is always a tendency in our fallen nature to make our worship external. Uh, there's nothing wrong, but when the focus shifts towards only external, there is wrong. You know, if you, if you study the other religions of the world, they lay great emphasis on the visible, on the external. But Christianity is not that kind of a religion. Over a period of time, if you read the church history, Christians have misunderstood this phrase and some have mutilated their own bodies. They were good people, but they did not understand this phrase rightly, what is meant by offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. They've mutilated their own bodies. Some have starved themselves to death. Some claim that if you want to be a true Christian, you must never get married. Some said that if you really want to live the Christian life and to present your body to God, you must eat only vegetables and herbs. I'm not saying you should not be a vegetarian. You should only be a non, I'm not saying that. But when you make this as doctrines, that is not biblical. And Paul knew that. Because having written that, you must offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul knew that. People will try to distort his word. And Paul, a brilliant apostle, he clarifies those, that phrase to us in Romans chapter 14, verses 17 and 18. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Now, what is a living sacrifice? Taking up our cross daily and following our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we offer a living sacrifice? we must refrain from sin. We must keep our bodies fit. But when I say we must keep our bodies fit, listen to this carefully. We must not use our bodies selfishly. We must not use our bodies as a private property. We must not pamper our bodies. The moment we pamper our bodies, we are paying too much attention to it. 
we do not live for physical fitness, but we keep our bodies fit in order that we may serve God. In order that God may use our bodies for his glory and praise. That is the reason why we keep our bodies fit. All to worship him, to adore him. We give our bodies to God and put them at his disposal for his service. Next, let the eye look on no evil and it is a living sacrifice. Our eyes have become accustomed to looking at evil as we walk along the streets and see advertisements, violence, disgraceful acts, poverty, deprivation, we have got accustomed to it. You know, Job 31 one says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. While Job is talking about a young woman, it need not be a young woman when we read the word of God. It could be what we see on our, see on our mobiles and laptops. Now, what covenant have you made with your eyes? Remember, our eyes have a tendency to look away from God. And quite often, our eyes are not looking at evil things, but they are looking at good things. But they are still, they are looking away from God. Let the tongue utter no foolish or dirty or silly talk, and it is a living sacrifice. The tongue loves the taste of gossip. Paul writing to the Ephesians church, he says in 5.4, Ephesians 5.4, he says, don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our language. Let the hand work no sin, and it is a living sacrifice. Now, you must be wondering, from where did I get all this you know, eyes and tongue and hand. Uh, if you have followed our series, you know, the series of sermons on Romans, if you followed it carefully, we have, we have already come across this. In Romans chapter 3, verses 13 to 15, Paul writes, their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. This is our state. This is my state. You know, before salvation, we have seen the fallen nature of man. That's why we talk about utter depravity. God has rescued us from utter depravity. And this was our state. We need to realize you know, it is salvation is not that a good man becomes a better person. It is altogether a worst and evil person becomes a godly person. That is salvation. God lifts us up from that mighty clay. 
you know it is you know we too often being in the church we think we were always good no this was our condition and paul says very graphically illustrates our condition so we need to be careful and paul says this was your fallen condition now you have been saved so what should you do let your hands contribute to the poor and it is a living sacrifice let your hands lift up those who have fallen and that is a living sacrifice let your hands perform mundane tasks and that's a living sacrifice let me speak to men i can speak to men women however it applies to you you can take it i don't want to speak to women let me speak to men especially indian men uh if you use your hands uh to cook food uh in washing vessels in uh, gardening may not be a great problem in washing clothes and then you see what happens within you and then you will understand whether it is a living sacrifice and what's happening use your hands to perform ordinary mundane things and then you will know you know whether the spirit of god is truly in us or not let your arms embrace the lovely lonely and the unloved people let your mouth bless those that curse you and it is a living sacrifice let your ears be attentive for listening to god and it is a living sacrifice when you switch off your mobile when you shut down your laptop and you just sit in the presence of god that is a living sacrifice you don't have to cut your hand you don't have to you know gouge out your eyes but when you sit in the presence of god that is a living sacrifice let your ears listen to the cries of the distressed and that is a living sacrifice let your eyes look humbly and patiently towards god and it is a living sacrifice like this as we go through every member of our bodies and presented to god in this way then we are offering our bodies as a living sacrifice when paul says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice i hope now it's very clear for all of us what is a living sacrifice how do we offer a living sacrifice and finally why should we offer a living sacrifice why should we offer a living sacrifice worship is what we were created for you know when we go to heaven we read that all that we'll be doing is holy 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 is the lord god almighty we all hear that but we have been created to worship god right here in this world 
this is the final end of all existence. The very purpose God has created us is to worship him, to adore him, to give him glory. The very reason he has saved you and me, the very reason he has plucked you out from the miry clay is so that we can worship him and give him glory, honor, and praise. God created the universe so that it would display the worth of all his glory. And he created us so that we would see this glory and reflect it by knowing and loving it with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and strength. When we offer our, the parts of our bodies like this, we are reflecting God's glory. We are worshiping God. That's what Jesus taught the woman uh, of Samaria. You know, Jesus said, one could worship God without the temple, without priest and high priest, because God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. You know, the problem I always felt in Christendom is we have confined this worship to the church. But Jesus came to this world. You know, on a Good Friday, we all say, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, when we meditate on the seven sayings of the, on the cross, then we say the curtain of the temple was torn from the top to bottom so that we have direct access to God. Yes, we have direct access. We still, we behave like the Old Testament people and we think worship is only on Sunday. Because that curtain has been torn from top to bottom, we have 24-7 access to God. And what do you do in the presence of God? You worship him. Worship him with your life. You worship him with all that you have. And that is, that's what Jesus is saying here. God is spirit. You don't need a temple. You don't need priests. You don't need high priests. Because you yourself is a priest now. And you can worship God in the spirit and in truth. Living sacrificed is not to be, uh, so when we are talking about the living sacrifice, because Jesus said, you don't need temple, you don't need high priest. So the living sacrifice, we don't offer it in the temple courts or in the church building. So where do we offer this living sacrifice? The living sacrifice is to be offered in home. And in the market and workplace. You know, this is where we were, this is how we worship God. When the Sunday church service is over, it, in fact, worship begins. It is not the worship service is over. In fact, the worship service begins. True and proper worship is what we do from Monday to Saturday. That is where Christian worship rests. Not on one specific Sunday morning for one and a half hours what we do what we do from Monday till Saturday. 
we are the temple of God. God dwells in us and we need to worship him from Monday till Saturday. What happens on a Sunday? All the temples, they come together to glorify God in the community on Sunday and receive strength from him, glorify him, thanking him for being with us all through this week. All through the week, what do we do? We worship God. At home, in the marketplace, in the workplace, we worship God. When you sit before the laptop, you worship God. When you sit before, when you cook food, when you cook at home, you worship God. You wash clothes, you worship God. Unless we understand this, we have not offered our bodies as a living sacrifice. If our service is limited, if our sacrifice is limited only to the Sunday service, we are not giving God a living sacrifice. That's what, that's what was there in the Old Testament. On the designated days, they came and offered sacrifices. But now because Jesus has come to this world and the curtain was torn from top to bottom, we can worship God 24-7. We can worship him. This is the gospel message. That's why we keep insisting ours is a gospel-centered church because the gospel radically reorients our aim in life so that we are no longer trying to please others. In fact, we are not even trying to please ourselves. We are trying to please our heavenly father for his love. His love is amazing. Our only focus is to please our heavenly father. Salvation is precious. It's a gift of God. We have not earned it. And we want to give in response to what Jesus did for us on the cross. We want to give our lives, our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's the reason Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 4, we are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. What is a transformed life? You know, the, I hope I'll get a chance to explain that Paul lives out the transformed life and shows us what's meant by a transformed life. You know, when, when your life is transformed, when gospel impacts every area in your life, you no longer care for what people say, rather you don't even care what you think about yourself. That is the transformed life. And we continue to worship this God all through our lives. That is the greatest privilege we have received in this life. We can worship him. And even when we die, from we are only being transported to the other stage where we continue to worship him. We are not going to do something new. We are just going to do it in a, in a transfigured body. This offering of our bodies to God as living and holy sacrifice is considered as an act of worship. When you talk of worship, take it out of your mind. It's not about just some music and songs. Yes, that's part of our corporate worship. But when you're talking about worship, 
individual worship. It is 24-7 what you do. That's what is meant by worship. We cannot lead a life the way we want from Monday to Saturday and then say we are going to worship God. The whole of my life is to be a worship to God. The whole of my life is to be a worship to God. Let every act of your living body show that Jesus Christ is more precious to you than anything else in this world. More than your life, more than your gold, more than your silver, more than your spouse, more than your children, more than your job, more than your designation, more than your comfort. Let Jesus Christ be more precious in our lives. We need to come to that place for all that Jesus has done. Let every act of your living body show that Jesus Christ is more precious to you than anything else. We have seen what is a living sacrifice. How do we offer a living sacrifice? Why should we offer a living sacrifice? And let us sing this song, take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless days. Let us sing this uh, ceaseless praise. Let us sing this song as, as a prayer, as Asha will be leading us in this prayer. Take my life and let it be
Apostle Paul says that, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I'm sure all of us, by now, we understand what is meant by a living sacrifice. And I know all of us desire to worship our God. That's a desire. Today, let us decide. Let us take some concrete steps and say, Lord, I want to worship you more and more. The more we worship God, the more we'll become like him. Today, I want all of us uh, to just to think about our own eyes and how can we worship God more with our eyes. It's for each one. You can ask yourself and you can find out how are you using your eyes carelessly I said the devil never asks us to do something evil. He only wants us to keep us busy so that we can be away from God. So how do we, what all things do we see? It may be good, good things on mobile, but can we use the time to fix our eyes on God? Take some concrete steps today and say, maybe for half an hour, if I stop this activity, you know, I can use these eyes to just worship God. How can you use your eyes to worship God? How can you use your ears? What do you hear? What you hear matters. Is your ear attentive to listen to the voice of God? Or is your ear so busy listening to the noise of this world? Remember, the eye is not satisfied by seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. You can never satisfy your eyes by seeing. The eyes can only be satisfied when it sees the beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Each one, irrespective of our age, children, young people, middle-aged people, elderly people, all of us, we can use our own bodies, the parts of our bodies, little more in worshiping God, in giving our eyes, ears as a living sacrifice. How are we using our mouth? Let's be careful with what we say We all commit mistakes. We regret for the words we have spoken, but 
We don't have to remain like that. We can ask God, oh God, let encouraging words come out of my mouth. Let comforting words come out of my mouth. Let my words build somebody's life. How do we use our hands? The Lord Jesus Christ stretched his hands so that he could be crucified for us. His love for us was so great. He stretched his hands. Remember the nail pierced hands have saved us, have rescued us. How do we use our hands? And this is living sacrifice, not what we do on a Sunday morning, but what we do from Monday till Saturday. Let this community be a worshiping community. The three main objectives of this church itself, as you all know, salvation, worship, discipleship. And we know we all, we have saved people. We need to grow in worshiping God more and more. God looks for our worship and God is looking for a living sacrifice. The temple sacrifices have been stopped so that we can become a living sacrifice. Glorious Father, we thank you for speaking to us this morning. Help us, O oh Lord. As we live in this world, we know we are not of this world. We belong to you. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We pray, Lord, we'll be able to give our bodies as a living sacrifice. Spirit of God, I pray you will nudge us, you will strengthen us, you will convict us. Let that conviction be strong in us so that, Lord, we will use the parts of our bodies <coughs> to worship our God. We bless your name. Let the word of God produce 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold harvest for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, the word of God will spread and multiply. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.